a lot of low-code, no-code tools are, are not built for an enterprise type of company. And what I mean by this is they don't focus on release management. So they don't care on how do I move an application from a development environment towards a testing, staging, or production. And I'm not hmm. talking about the technical development itself, but also what does it mean for the organization? Which approval routes are needed? Is IT ready to adapt these platforms? Are the systems ready? Okay. Hmm. Um, a lot of IT people at this moment are complaining about low-code, no-code things because they are playing fireman. They don't know what the business is doing in this platform, but they have to support it. Welcome to our next episode of this podcast. What do innovation managers want out of low-code, no-code? So I'm very excited to welcome our special guest for today's episode, Hans Hansen. He's AgilePoint's Senior Director of Business Development and Marketing for the EMEA region. I've been working with Hans for the past 12 months and I realized he has plenty of insights and inside knowledge about the digital transformation initiatives that large companies are undertaking in Europe and other parts of the world. So let's start by asking Hans about his role at AgilePoint and the space he works in. So uh, welcome Hans. Uh, could you please give a brief intro of your role at Agile Point? Hi, Sergio. Uh, yeah, my name is uh, Hans Hansen. I'm working with within Agile Point for almost uh, 18 years. Uh, from day one, I have been mainly responsible of building the uh, business operations inside EMEA. So this means uh, I'm working together with local partners who help us to do implementations at our clients. And at the same time, I'm working together with uh, larger customers inside the EMEA region. That's great. That's great. So uh, before we move into the deeper stuff, Hans, uh, I know you just attended, uh, you came back from an event in Utrecht Hotel in the Netherlands. So what was the event about and what was the vibe over there? Well, the event was mainly focusing on um, how, enterpri how enterprise companies could uh, use and enable low-code, no-code technology. It, it was quite exciting, especially it was the first uh, in-person event back uh, since, since COVID-19. So I was really looking forward to meet uh, people back in, in, uh, in reality, in, in person. So there was a huge uh, interest out of the market. Uh, we noticed uh, interest from different regions and sectors so it was not only one market like government but really all kind of industries which came to that event and tried to learn more about what's available on the market what are the different vendors in the local space no code uh, doing and how they could help these companies oh that's that's great so i know we sponsored the event and kind of we spoke over there as well so what were your main points like what was your message for the for the participants yeah we are mainly focusing on uh, enterprise uh, companies so it means uh, as a company when you're adapting low-code no-code technology is what does it mean it's much more than bringing in a tool huh? uh, secondly it, it's much more than tech technology uh, how do you adapt your organization to adapt a platform like low-code, no-code? Uh, what most of the clients are, are having as an issue today or where they are failing is, is, the, um, is the governance of a platform. What we mean by this is 
uh, low code, no code is, is not only about doing things faster and cheaper, but it's also how can it help a company surviving in these hard times and what benefit can it, can it get out of a tool on a digital transformation level? So how can a company work different today, but also tomorrow? And, and a lot of companies are just thinking, oh, okay, it's about selecting a tool and you get started. While in reality, it, it's more complicated than that. Eh? We all know that inside a company, we have we have the business people and we have the IT technical people. So it's much more about how can we bridge both teams to work together? How can we create fusion teams? And which issues can you have and how do you adapt on this? So this was more the, the message what from uh, we were bringing from Agile Point is really on how do you prepare your organization? What are the pitfalls and what are the risks uh, in order to get successful? That's great. So that's that's like the, the, the governance parts of, of low-code, no-code. Correct. Okay. So uh, let me segue into uh, what I've been seeing over the past few months and, in fact, a past couple of years, even before the pandemic, you know, struck. And you could provide me more insights into that is that, a lot of companies are setting up dedicated innovation labs and innovation, you know, kind of centers within large companies and even, you know, medium companies that afford to do so. So I'm really interested to know from you, like, what is motivating innovation managers to explore low-code, no-code platforms? Yeah, good question. Um I think it's coming back to, to the demand out of the market. Uh, as we, as a customer, as an end consumer, we are more demanding than a couple of years ago. Okay. We want to have faster access to information, to services, to products. But at the same time, we don't only want to have it faster, but we want it also to be more personalized to my own needs. So when we are working with, with a, a, a company or a supplier, we expect that the supplier knows what we want, in fact. Okay? So therefore, companies are really looking on how can we not only improve our current way of working, but how do we get more insights in what the client wants and how fast can we adapt to it? In, in, in a traditional way, we are still used to uh, the fact that if you have a business need, you're going to describe that need on paper. You're going to start talking to IT or to an external partner. They are going to listen. They are going to build a solution. And probably after one year, they are coming back with something you didn't want or you didn't ask. Hmm. So people are, are, are getting a little, are getting tired of, of this approach. So they want to have much more control, much faster. If you have a business ID today, I want to start doing prototyping tomorrow. Okay, I want to test things out. And if we are talking about digital transformation, it's about try and error. You're trying something, you adapt to, to the response of your customers or prospects or even employees. So we are focusing more on, on experience. And, and I'm not talking about only customers' experience or user experience, but experience in a total. And that's affecting mm -hmm. the whole business. And as an innovation manager, you really want to to act much faster than, than, than in the past, in fact. So the motivation for these people to discover how low-code, no-code platforms can help them is really to the point is 
I have a business idea today and I want to start building a potential solution for this tomorrow. And if it's not fine, if it's not the right solution, fine, throw it away. The effort is pretty low. It's not that expensive and you can test something else. Interesting. And so previously it used to be that, uh, you know, someone from within within the business would, would be doing that. So now that we are seeing dedicated innovation managers or transformation, you know, people are being assigned to these so uh, to these projects or even these, these initiatives. So is their challenge different than a traditional person? For instance, if someone is titled as an innovation manager or transformation manager, th- there's an inherent pressure on them to, you know, kind of show something in six months or four months. Well, to, to a level, yes, they, they have to do it much faster than before. But at the same time, I think they get more opportunities and they have more room for failure as well. I think if you have an idea and you don't fail, it's probably not the best solution you have created. So mm. I think that that's a, a concept what you see in a lot of companies which are really focusing on, on transformation or digital transformation. It's about try and error, really. If we are looking on what happened in a market, by example, as Tesla, as a company, when Elon Musk had the idea to build an electric car, he failed a number of times, but each time he failed, he adapted. And and that's mm. also one of the benefits what you get in a low-code, no-code market uh, solution. You can try something, and if it's not working, it's not a big deal. You're, you didn't invest months of work. You can react much faster on it. And in, and in this way, in this try and error way, you can find you to, to the best solution uh, and define, okay, this is enough at this moment. Let's go live with this. And you still have room afterwards to adapt and optimize in a much faster way than before. Interesting. And and are there specific sectors that you are seeing more demand in uh, healthcare uh financial services or it's all over you know the industries yeah i think it's going across industries and that's exciting as well i'm, I'm I was uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was speaking to a large hospital group, a healthcare group in the United Kingdom. And even on that level, they are rethinking how do we treat a patient? So from the moment he is entering or she is entering the hospital until the moment she or he are fired again, how can we improve the experience for the patient? How can we improve our internal processes? And how can we optimize the fact that most of the information is across different silos of, of uh, systems inside the organization. So they are not looking only from a technical point of view on how can we optimize and improve things, but at the end, how can we improve the experience in this case for a patient? And I think that's where digital transformation is about. It's about serving your, your customer or your patient and how can we do things much better in a better way for a cheaper cost and more adapted, more personalized to a single need of the person sitting in front of me? Great. That's that's interesting because I, I understand that there are other companies as, as well in the UK that you were in collaboration with. Uh, I remember there was a there was a large uh need for you know there was a company that had a you know need for training a lot of its, of its partners employees and i think it's it's all type of needs that they are catering uh, through the local local platforms 
Yeah, and, and that, that's the one which is very exciting. At, at this moment, we see a lot of interest uh, coming out of the financial market. A lot of traditional banks are, by example, they are stick, stuck in a traditional way of working. Uh, customers are going to an agent or an agency, a local uh, branch office to do their business. Well, today, uh, everybody is used to do uh, use an app on their smartphone to do their business uh, or financial business, but that's not good enough. The lead mm. time they had, they used to, to have on building this solution is, is too long, in fact. Okay, mm. So we see a lot of demands from the financial world where they say, okay, how can we do things not only faster, but also in, in a different way than they were used to do? Uh, most of the, of the banks today, they are providing additional services going beyond financial services. Hmm. Because it's it's all about creating an ideal customer, but try to please and, and serve this customer. And, and today they have more access and more insight on, okay, who is this customer as an individual person? What is his interest? And they are trying to adapt and play on, on, on that level. And again, if you would do that in a traditional development way, it would take years before you can build. Now we are mm -hmm. talking about days and weeks to build something. Understand, understand. So what's something people seem to misunderstand about the enterprise low-code, no-code platforms? Yeah, there is a lot of confusion on, on the market in the low-code, no-code space. And in fact, if you, would, if you go to Google and you just type in low-code, no-code, you easily find... 400 to 500 different vendors on the market and and that's creating confusion for people because it's not that they are doing all the same it's like when you want to buy a car you can choose between brands but even within a brand you have different type of cars and they are all serving a specific needs maybe you want to have a small car because you only have to drive a small distance between your house and your work but somebody else is maybe working on a very different uh, distance and he, he needs something different it's the mm. same with low code no code uh, platform so you have a lot of solutions on the market but they are all having a different a different service they are having a different purpose okay mm. some are focusing on on building websites some are building uh, standalone applications for a, a smartphone or a tablet, while others are focusing on on the real enterprise low code, no code, and that's where the focus of Agile Point is. We really want to help clients by serving their internal needs and not only serving their internal processes, but also proposing and and supporting the processes which are running across the organization, across departments going towards their suppliers, going towards their, their customers. So we mm. call this end-to-end -end automation. You have a certain need, and we are talking about a business process, not about a technical process. So a business process could be, I'm requesting a credit card. If you would analyze that process in real life, you would see that this process is covering different departments inside an organization. And that's what we try to to serve and, and uh, support, in fact. I understand. So, so they find it challenging to differentiate between, uh, you know, different platforms and who is more suitable to their needs. I guess that's... Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that, that's correct. And uh, I think we still have to do a lot of work in the market by making a kind of a differentiation or kind of classification is, okay, they are all low-code, no-code platforms, but what are they doing? 
what are they serving what are your needs and for this need what is the best solution i i don't believe in a platform which is going to serve all of them okay uh it's like the same if you buy a car fine that car would be fine but if you want to transport goods from place a to b your car will not be good enough you need something like a van or something else so classification is, is becoming a must in in a market and at the same time it's going to create more transparency for people looking for the solution because mm. these days we still see a lot of customers and, and clients which are looking for a platform they select something and after a while they have to say okay this was not something what i was expecting this is is doing not what i want to do in fact so there's still a lot of work to be happen in that market as well hmm. so so i guess my my other question was also related to this like and you did uh, delve deeper into this that uh, what problems do they come across when they kind of you know get into the evaluation mode okay uh, you know how do these three platforms a b and c stack against each other so like is it a is it a is it a problem for them to evaluate like uh, i understand that without making the apps in the platform it becomes difficult to kind of judge which platform would uh, would suit your needs so uh, like is the evaluation process uh, cumbersome or is it easy or how do you make it easy for for people to for companies to kind of evaluate something well the first point to make it clear is that a low code no code platform is nothing more than a tool it's nothing more than a tool to support a business to reach their goal okay so that that's the first point is uh, secondly if we are talking about digital transformation we are talking a fact about three things we are talking about people we are talking about data and we are talking mm. about the glue the glue between these two and the glue between these two are processes okay everything what we are doing in real life inside a company and even outside a company from the moment you're waking up in the morning you're taking a shower you're taking a breakfast you get in the car you drive to your work that's already a process so this is a crucial item and uh, everything what we are doing is process oriented so the first criteria of a good low code no platform should be r- related around processes because that's the core of a company Mm. So what are the problems companies are facing when selecting tools is sometimes is they don't even know what they want. And, and this is something we have seen in, in 20 years time and even longer. Uh, and if we are now going to a small company or to the big boys companies, mm. we all see the same issues. A lot of companies, they don't know what they want. Secondly, they don't know how they are working today. If you take a certain business process and by example you want to understand how an internal claim process is handled so what are the steps taken inside the company when a claim is coming in and you ask this to five different persons you probably get six different answers hmm. so that that that's a, a second issue is how are we working and and partially this is caused by the fact that a lot of companies are working in what i'm calling a black box mode today they have old legacies or they invested a lot of money in platforms like sap and 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 oracle and and name it but 
how a company is operating is most of the time hidden in these applications. It's really black box, no transparency at all. Okay. While all these elements are very crucial for the daily operation of your company. So I'm not talking here about does this platform has feature A, B, or C. The first crucial criteria to, to select a platform is to understand how is your company working? What are the expectations you have? And once mm. these items are set, then only, and that's only the only point when you can start selecting a, a solution or a platform, okay? Yeah. And sorry, not the right way around, okay? A lot of people are looking, okay, here I have a complex list with features and functions I want to have. Do you have mm -hmm. this available? <laughs> that's that's the way around, okay? I, I, I kind of get your point. And, and I, I, rem I remember someone other also used uh, the word that you just used, you know, kind of a glue, uh, like, like a platform or capability to glue, you know, different systems together. And uh, I'll, I'll quickly give you an example at an, at an individual level, you know, and you might, you know, kind of uh, elaborate on that on the enterprise level. At an individual level, what we are seeing is like, okay, we have Teams, we have Slack, we have, you know, project management tools, and we have, you know, chat apps, we have WhatsApp, and the communication is c happening on all channels, you know, and sometimes you try to put, you know, a, a policy around, okay, we are not going to communicate about work on WhatsApp. But in the end, you end up happening, you know, if, if, the, if there's a need, if there's a need, then communication starts happening everywhere. And now I could see some uh, kind of apps out there that are popping up, we're gluing it all together for us, like, hey, you could see all of your messages related to this project over here. So I guess I like the word you used, uh, glue, gluing together all of your automations and even the projects that you are running. Yeah, well, it's it's an, the glue or the process layer is very important because that that's connecting all the dots together. You, you see a lot of clients complaining today about the fact that they are, each time that an employee is leaving the company, they are losing information. They are n losing knowledge, okay? Hmm. And, and that's normal because when you're doing a daily operation, even if you have an application uh, built for that purpose, you always have different forms of communication. But the different forms of communication is nothing more than knowledge. You're hmm. sharing knowledge, you're capturing knowledge. And if that knowledge is not connected to, to the business purpose you're serving, then you're losing it again. So therefore, the glue is really what's what's binding a company together if that would not exist each company if it's now big or small would not work and would fall apart in fact exactly i think i i love this this point about knowledge as well because that's pretty crucial and and uh, we we do see that playing out in the real world that knowledge is lost and there's there are a lot of efforts to capture and persist that knowledge so Hans, I, I understand, like, we could explain things and we could, you know, inspire other people to kind of go on a journey. But sometimes it's just a book or a, or something like, you know, in a more structured manner that helps us, you know, kind of visualize the future. So uh, I came across PMI, uh, PMI Project Management Institute's book called Citizen Development, The Handbook for Creators and Changemakers. 
So I have you come across that? And uh, if you have, how does it help, uh, you know, uh, innovation managers, project managers and digital transformation leaders? Yeah, uh, yeah. of course, I have seen uh, and, and read the, bo- the book as well. It, it's a very useful uh, handbook. Um, it's written from a really practical way and, and gives companies insight on how do you have to prepare yourself on, on starting the adaptation of citizen developer. In, in normal way, I'm going back to, to the pre-COVID, uh, no, sorry, not the pre-COVID, but the pre Uh, citizen development pre-low-code, no-code development time, where we all used to say, okay, this is a need I have. You're describing it to a business analyst. They are transforming it in documents, give it to IT, who start developing it. So very classic, old-fashioned way of working. So the, the insight that this PMI gives you on the citizen development canvas is really, okay, I have a business ID, and if you want to bring that ID on, on the table, how can I start talking about ideation of that ID? How can we transform it into a real business opportunity? What steps do you have to cover in between? Okay, They are talking about risk assessment, and I'm not talking only about a technical risk, risk assessment, but also about a business risk assessment. Okay. So it's it's a very practical handbook, which is describing, okay, which steps do you need to take? And the fact that you're, we are talking about citizen developer, it means we have a lot of business persons involved in that process, okay? Mm. So here as well, we need a kind of a governance, we need a kind of a regulation to describe how are we going to work together, okay? Uh, Gartner is using a term called fusion teams, and fusion teams is a, is a blending of business people with the right skills and IT people so they can work together. And I think this is is probably one of the best things happening in the low-code, no-code world is that it, that a lot of these platforms, and again, not all of them, but a lot of them are really focusing on empowering this both, both teams so they can work together in a much better way having faster results. So therefore, I'm, I'm recommending this handbook to everyone, in fact, especially to, to people inside the business, but also to IT people, because it's giving you insights on which items do you have to cover when you're having a business ID? What are the risks you have? What are the pitfalls you can expect? And it's written in so an easy language, understandable by everyone, but gives you a lot of insight. Uh, even I'm working for 10, 30 years in the IT business, and I still learn a lot out of it. Most of them are making very sense or more are really common sense approach. But it's really, it's like a refresh on, okay, guys, what are what is the business goal you want to achieve? And how can you come to an end result? And which steps do you have to take in this? So very, very practical, recommended to everyone. That's great. I think, uh, yeah, that that gives uh, the listeners uh, a framework through which they could see uh, citizen uh, development, and and I think we we recommended it, and we even shared within the organization Agile Point, and it was really kind of an eye opener in terms of you know, okay, here here we've been practicing all of this, and we've been doing this for clients, but th- that's a nice way to put it all together. And for the folks who are listening, uh, 
I think there, there's a very good citizen development canvas out there by PMI that that talks about you know project delivery capability development uh, what should be so how should you think about the operating model the organization alignment and and citizen development maturity model so so you should check it out there and definitely we are also as an organization collaborating with PMI which kind of uh, is really cool i guess so uh, i think that's a very good uh, information uh, hans so uh, i know you talked about it you know previously uh, from from the perspective of people who are evaluating these platforms so but i understand you also have a takeaway from the market like you you work you know the market inside out so and you know that there are hundreds of tools out there as you just said you know and from anything to you know <laughs> no code for anything so or low code for anything so what are, what's the gap in the market right now where do you see the gap is i think from my experience the gap in in most of the, of the products or the issue with most of the products is that first of all a lot of products are still very technical or they are addressing the market from a technical point okay that that's issue one the second issue is, like I mentioned before, low-code, no-code platform or software is nothing more than a tool, a tool to help you. It's not, it's not the thing as by itself. So it means it's help, it has to help each organization. So I think that where the biggest issue and gap is in the adaptation of these platforms is each vendor should focus as well on how this organization has to adapt themselves in order to use this type of, of tools, okay? And, mm -hmm. and that's covering things like governance, a very hot topic. A lot of low-code, no-code tools are, are not built for an enterprise type of company. What I mean by this is they don't focus on release management. So they don't care on... How do I move an application from a development environment towards a testing, staging, or production? And I'm not hmm. talking about the technical development itself, but also what does it mean for the organization? Which approval routes are needed? Is IT ready to adapt these platforms? Are the systems ready? Okay. Hmm. Um, a lot of IT people at this moment are complaining about low-code, no-code things because they are playing fireman. They don't know what the business is doing in this platform, but they have to support it. <laughs> so they have, at the end, they have to fix things which were broken or doing wrong by the business. And of mm. course, the business didn't do that on purpose because they don't know anything better. But for an IT point of view, playing a fireman is, not, is never a funny or easy job because you have to try to fix things and you don't know what was the purpose, okay? Yeah. Um, the, these are very crucial elements what 90% of the market today is missing. And, mm. and that, that's, that's pity, in fact. Uh, I think each vendor should focus on, on, on the, like governance, on, on, on release management, on adaptation inside the organization, uh, because adapting a platform like low-code, no-code is also about change, okay? And mm. by nature, if we are all human beings, by nature, we are not very open to change, okay? We are doing a job for maybe five years or 25 years. And 
if somebody else is going to say you have to do it in a different way or the tool is pr proposing you to do it in a different way, we, we will get in the beginning, we will have a lot of re uh, resistance by people because they don't see the value out of it. They are used to do it. It's working for them. So why should I change? Okay. So bringing in a low code, no code is change for IT because they still think that if they develop things by themselves, they can do it better. Maybe true, yes or no, it doesn't matter, okay? But you get you get resistance out of IT, but you get also resistance out of the business because we are used to work in a certain way, so why would I change, okay? Hmm. So the, the main gaps are not technically gaps, but are more uh, management, organizational adaptation type of issues, what we see in the market. Agree. Yeah, that that makes sense, and I guess both uh, both parties <laughs> need to come closer to each other's perspective, like both the IT and and the business. Uh, I'll I'll delve into my last you know kind of point that I had on my mind uh, because I really appreciate the way kind of like it really inspires me the way you kind of you know work with clients. Uh, I've seen it firsthand. So tell me about a client. Or a, or a company that you were really inspired from, the way they used Agile Point in their organization, like it it blew your mind, hey, these they are like taking this to the next level. Like a company that, uh, or a people or a group of people who inspired you, like they are making the best use of Agile Point. You could name them, you could not name them, but tell me something about that. Yeah, well, that that's a good thing, and 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 also one of the drivers which is giving us energy is always how clients are are taking it up, and 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 see how they are using uh, platforms like Agile Point. So that mm -hmm. that's creating inspiration not only for them but also for Agile Point as an organization, and 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 lead us into. What do we have to do different? Okay, so one of the important topics is always listening to our clients, right? listening to the way they are, they are working today, listening to what they are envisioning in in, in this way. So I'm, I'm I'm really looking for without giving names because that's yeah. always confidentiality. Yeah. Uh, I understand. Uh, but one of our clients is is uh, is in an emerging market. Uh, hmm. And I was surprised in, in when we were talking about the adaptation of low-code, no-code technology, the fact that they are working across different countries, but they, each country has the same issue. Um, in, in this situation, I can say that the client is a financial institute, and they are saying, okay, each process, if it's not talking about the adaptation of um, opening a bank account or requesting a credit card or closing a bank account. Each country has the same master process. However, the local implementation is always different because you have local laws, yeah? You have mm -hmm. uh, rules rules and laws which are, are different. And when we talked about the way Agile Point is working, they really had, uh, it's creating new insights for them. Mm. So the, the when we started talking, they learned more not only about the technology itself, but they also were starting to thinking outside their box. And that was surprising, in effect. It's, mm. it's like uh, it's creating like fuel for them, okay? 
and and they are getting surprised by by saying, "Oh, okay, this means I can do this and this," and it's starting creating new business opportunities for them, and, and that's exciting because it's again low code, no code, and even agile point. We are nothing more than a tool to support businesses, and if you see that clients are starting to thinking outside outside their own box from a business point of view, that's really inspiring, and that's that's why we are doing this for. You re- really want to help clients not only solve solve the issues today, but you want to help them taking the next step is becoming a, a different company tomorrow or the day after. Hmm. Uh, that's that's really that's really inspiring to listen to Hans, and uh, I like the message you you are giving that it's it's not just for today, but also for for the tomorrow. Yeah. So. Anything you'd like to add, Hans, for for people sitting on the fence <laughs> with with kind of trying out new things in uh, low code, no code, uh, and then we could you know wrap up our uh, session for today. I know you've been uh, you you have other engagements as well that you're really busy. Yeah. No, I want to thank you for the opportunity, and the only message I can give to to the people is look at your side. What do you need? What do you want to achieve? Think outside the box, go beyond what you're doing today and use that as a minimum to do the discovery of a solution which could fit your needs. Uh, and make sure that you have a solution, again, which is solving your future issues, in fact. That's great. That's great. Uh, thank you, Hans. Uh, it was uh, really nice talking to you and getting some insights from you. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you.